I, Hal Jordan, do solemnly swear to pledge allegiance to a lantern that I got from a dying purple alien in a swamp. To infinity and beyond. By the power of Grayskull. What the hell? Come on, if you could fly me a hundred miles in the middle of nowhere, you'd think that you no! I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. We've all been waiting for this one. Have we? You know what? We have. We have. Um, let me. I was thinking about this, and coming out of this movie, which we're discussing, which is of course. Green 2011's Green, Green Lantern, Lantern. Uh, uh, underground comic book classic, if you will, found myself really feeling bad for Ryan Reynolds. Really bad. Because the third time was not the charm for him in comic book movies. But were the first two. Well, forgive me if I'm missing anything. Uh, the first foray, I believe, was in Blade Trinity, which we've not gotten around to on the pod, but we will. Uh, it's actually on our calendar. It's coming out in March. Don't know, no, don't know too much about it. I know that it's bad and quite a, a step down from uh, the first two Blades, and people really didn't like him in that. So he got off on the wrong foot, and then a couple years after that, he, uh, you know, he gets a second chance. He's like, all right, great. I get to be in a Wolverine movie. Everybody loves those. Did the Wolverine movie come after this one, though? No, it was before. Oh. It's two years before. So he was like, well, I get to play Wade Wilson. That'll be fun. Nope. Did it did bad. Did really bad. And then here we go. Two years after X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. Headliner. He's, he's finally. And in, I'm assuming like at the time, people were like, how does this guy keep getting parts in comic book movies? Like he's, at this point in his career, he's failing upwards. Do you think so? It kind of felt like it. I feel like the hate on like all of that stuff came out like after. I don't I don't agree. I think his Like how many people saw the third Blade movie? I think a fair amount of people did. I think a fair amount of people saw the first two Blades. They saw Blade Trinity. And I don't think it's fair from what I've heard to peg Ryan Reynolds as the the root problem of that movie. But I don't think people weren't happy with the movie. And I think his character is like kind of a douche from what I've heard. So like Ryan Reynolds was not on my radar Uh, until this movie. He wasn't on my radar either, but I'm just, I'm just really making assumptions here, but I don't think his reputation was very good in that. Cause I think at this point he was still like mostly doing like rom-com stuff, right? The proposal I think came out in 2012. He was in that horror movie about the house. Yeah. um, Amityville Amityville horror. Horror. So yeah, I just, I'm not buried. I just have a feeling that... I feel like he wasn't even in that many rom-coms. He was in that one called Something Maybe. Yeah. Well... Something like that with Abigail Breslin. Well, I... Based on, like, what I have seen, the discourse around this movie, even recently, following the, I would say, like, image rehabilitation that Ryan Reynolds has gone through in the last, like five or so years, even longer, uh, I guess I would say like since the first Deadpool came out, 
which is now like seven years ago, um, people like look back on this movie with like a different lens, but everything I've seen still indicates that no one thinks Ryan Reynolds was the right choice for this. Oh, I don't think Ryan Reynolds is what's wrong with this movie. Well, at all. So I agree because, but that's because I don't, I have no affiliation or knowledge of Green Lantern, both like, because there's been several iterations of like the, the protagonist Green Lantern. You have Hal Jordan, you have Jon Stewart, you have Guy Gardner, Everyone that I've Sorry, seen. I also forget about Just Friends. That was in 2005. Okay, so you know he's, he's made his he's made his name for himself here. Um, and yeah, I think you know reading people's thoughts, they're like this movie does have a lot of problems. Like you know, it doesn't start and end with Ryan Reynolds for sure. Um, Wait, what the, are you saying that he, his character is supposed to be like? Everyone says that Hal Jordan is supposed to be like more of like a straight laced guy. Like he's like Ryan Reynolds is not like full Ryan Reynolds mode in this movie, but I saw a comment that was like, it felt like the writers in the studio wanted to make this character a bit more of like a Tony Stark ish type, like a, like, you know, like kind of a renegade and stuff. And I don't think Hal Jordan is like that in the comics. Like he's in the military and he's very much like, but he's he's, like, he's not, no, I don't, I don't know if that's the case or not. I think they they changed a lot for the character, so people weren't happy with that to begin with, and then I think people project that onto old Rai Rai. Interesting. And then you know, fourth time was the charm for him, which we're all happy about in the comic book world. But this was a you know I just I feel bad for Ryan Reynolds and I feel bad for Green Lantern fans because this was their <laughs> this feels like this was their one chance to get their character in a movie and then. It's I feel like, like radio silence. the Green Lantern world is so rich. I mean, I get why people haven't like tried to retackle it, but it feels like really ripe for a TV show now for I, DC. I do actually think that's what is planned. Because there's so on. many characters that you could do with the whole Lanterns. It doesn't all have to be Hal Jordan. Um, like, I think it would be better if it wasn't about him specifically, like he could be a character in it, but like, it's about takes place like at OA or whatever. Well, I think the, uh, I think for a while before everything was like being restructured over at DC, there was a, it was either a show or maybe even originally a movie, you know, before everything went to shit, that was like Green Lantern core. That was like the name of the movie. So, and I don't think it was ever going to be Hal Jordan. I think they were going to do. I would like a Benzier, Benzier, Abenzer, Abenzer, like, I guess, prequel or whatever. Yeah, that's, I also found myself thinking that too, because honestly, I have like 10 notes for this movie, um, and I will qualify it just saying like, I was feeling, you know, we got the COVID booster, I was feeling a little rough, probably could have been paying more attention, but uh, this movie like really bores me to tears, but the first half like, yeah, the the lore that they introduce, they're like, yes, there's 3,600 sectors of the universe. So many. I was like, that's too many. <laughs> and then you have just as many, like, guardians of those right. sectors all congregating in one place. We have, Not like, guardians of the galaxy. No. Guardians of the universe. Yeah. They're, it's some next level shit. And it's really cool that, like, they didn't feel the need to do just all humanoid aliens. Like, there's, like, a fly 
That's like a oh, green right. lantern and like fish and like horse type. You know what they things. also didn't feel the need to do? Have any women as the guardians? No women. Not Absolutely one. Absolutely no women. And actually, you know, if they it's had... 2011. <laughs> yes, I know. That's that's pretty bad. Like Blake Live is literally the only. I have a rewrite for that. Is she the only the woman end. in this movie besides like the sister or whatever? What the, sister? The, the brother's wife. She doesn't even have a line. No, she like, She looks after. and then walks away. Yeah. She sighs. <laughs> Pretty bad. What's the rewrite? I, I'm going to get to it. It's okay. at the end. Okay. I figured it could be uh, something like Sinestra is just really sexist, which he probably... Sinestra would have been great as a woman. Yeah. But I, I do think Sinestra is canonically uh, <laughs> very misogynistic. I, I do want to say that the the richness of the world that they introduce is like hamstrung a little bit by the CGI. Oh God! Again, 2011. Like this is my note about the CGI. Avatar came out the following year. Like technology. Avatar came out two years before this. I thought it was in 2012. Even worse, <laughs> Avatar came out two years before. Scratch that last bit. Um. And, like, I know that they were, like, ahead of their time with technology and they weren't really sharing that technology with the rest of the movie community. But still, it just shows you where technology was at this time. I mean, for us, it's, like, 10 years ago. But, like, it's just so bad. And I think they could have saved money and, like, put that elsewhere if they didn't feel the need to CGI, like, the green body onto Ryan Reynolds. Like, just have him wear a suit and then save that money and put it into your special effects. Yeah. Now, was... when he actually like created stuff with his mind, I didn't mind the CGI for some of that stuff. That was okay. I liked that it was kind of wispy like, yeah. and it disappeared. It wasn't all bad, but a lot of it, it was. It wasn't all bad. A lot of it was. All the per- parallaxis stuff at the beginning was bad. Him at the end is good. Like when he's like over In the top city? of the city. Yes. I thought that looked good. I think that's where all the money went. Um, but God, some of the, the middle ground when CGI. Anytime he's being like teleported in that green oh thing, God. looks like shit. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, yeah, when you think about it. I it mean, looks like an unfinished cut it, of it. It really does. It's like, this is kind of what it's going to look like. Yeah. Placeholder. Like, when they do the little, well, I thought it was fire, but it's actually yellow because that's the color the fear. of fear, which they should have picked like a purple or a blue, something like that, because yellow doesn't look good. It looks like fire. Also, yellow is kind of a happy color. Like Not that yellow. That yellow is a sad color. I didn't think so. I mean, when it's in their eyes, sure, but. Yeah. Well. Um, Sorry, that was a little tangent. Well, and you know, it's like you said, it's one thing to compare any CGI heavy movie to Avatar, but like just thinking about other stuff that we have watched from around this time frame. I mean, we're a year away from Avengers, which, you know, that I would say that the Avengers CGI is starting to show its age in certain places, but it's still leagues above this. Same with X-Men first class was the same. I was just going to call back to X-Men 2000 was better than this. Yeah, it's it's really rough. You have to this wonder. is like 1985 Ghostbusters level CGI. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I haven't seen okay, Ghostbusters. It's maybe not that bad. Uh, no, I, th- I don't know if that's fair. It's not fair. You're right. I'm gonna pull back. <laughs> but it's really aggressive. 
I mean, the movie feels very Fantastic Four to me, which is part why I like some of it. I like the beginning a lot. I like the setup, like you were saying. We get this whole thing at the beginning of them explaining the rings to us. Like, I liked all of that. Um, Do you still, I'm still thinking about CGI. Do you think this looks worse than Constantine? Uh, it's so different. Yeah, it's hard to say. I would say it's on the same level as Fantastic Four, and Fantastic Four came out in, what, 2005, 2004? Yeah. <sighs> like, CGI had come a long way by this point. This movie had a $200 million production budget. Where did that money go? Who got well, that they, money? They did do a lot of CGI. Like, there was just too much They stretched of it. themselves too yes. thin. Yeah, yeah. Mainly with him being, like, kind of naked, wearing a Speedo-ish. Yeah. Like, I didn't know if it was supposed to be a suit or if it was supposed to be, like, a new body. I think it's a suit. But you can also see, like, his quote-unquote abs. His fake abs. Yeah. (laughs) That's the power of the ring. It just makes you look really jacked. That's Maybe he's doing that. That's his willpower. (laughs) That's why he's bad at it, because he's too busy making himself look fit. (laughs) What the hell? There was a script. There was a script for this written in 2004, which Jack Black was going to star in. As how? Yes. Quentin Tarantino was offered the chance to write and direct. So was Kevin Smith. That would Smith. have been weird. That also would have been weird. What the hell were they doing over there? Well, didn't you say this director went on to do some pretty big stuff? I don't know if he's gone on to do anything better, but he did Casino Royale before this, and you really... Oh, that was before this. Casino Royale was five years before this. Oh, my God. I I think of that as way more recent. It's it's very... That movie holds up. Yeah. I, yeah, I wasn't going to mention that until later, but, like, when I saw his name in the credits, and I'm sure I had this experience when we first watched it a couple years ago, but I was like, dude, what the fuck happened? Honestly, I can't... I can't tell you like all of the movies that he's directed. I think he did um, the the mask. He did the Mask of Zorro, the the first one uh, in the nineties. I love that Banderas. one. With, yes, obviously. and he did Goldeneye, and he did Casino Royale, and then somehow we ended up here. And yeah, no, the stuff that he's done after this, it's been questionable. He did like this movie called The Foreigner which had Jackie Chan in it. I heard that was okay. It was him and Pierce Brosnan. Uh, he did the movie The Protégé, which had Maggie Q and Michael Keaton in it. Well, let's... Okay, so... think Pulling back some layers. So CGI, I'm going to say that's not the director's fault there altogether. No. Like, I in mean, terms of how the movie was actually, like, shot, he's not able to do CG. Like, that's sure. all happens after. Although, you know, he, he could have made the call to be like, oh, no, this isn't... No, I know, but oh, I'm okay, just well. saying, like, because we have the writing, which is, in and of itself, something to, to touch on. Um, the story itself, as we said, is boring. Like, the end is so boring. Um, so, but as, in terms of, like, you know setting up this movie which i would say is like where the director really flexes yes fine uh what did you think of the fight scenes they were they were okay um i did like i i think the the idea of like the green lantern constructs is like inherently really cool and you mean the things he like makes yeah 
like, I think that's a very unique power. And I remember everybody was mad when they changed Miss Marvel's powers for the show and everybody compared it to Green Lantern. Didn't turn out to be really the same. But I think it's like inherently, it's very different from any other uh, superpower that we've seen on screen. And they, they do some fun stuff with it. We have a lot of the, like the flying stuff at the beginning. Yeah. Very Top Gun. Yeah, I my note was like, it's no Top Gun Maverick, but I do love a good dogfight. So very fun. <laughs> Top Gun Maverick, y'all. That was a good movie. <laughs> yeah, well. If you, if you haven't that seen that. That was some, uh, not even CGI. That no, was that's some special. <laughs> just put a GoPro on a jet and yeah. go nuts. Um, no, I, I enjoyed them. I thought like they uh, they had like the opportunity to do like some really like fun, like goofy stuff, like basically like, making a giant Hot Wheels track out yeah. of like the helicopter, which is like, oh, this is like very silly. But like if you have these powers, I thought that they... They did like and a the very human take on it. Yeah. And they had fun with it, but they still like it felt like underutilized it almost. Like in the final battle, I know he like builds like a trebuchet and like launches the stuff back, which is cool. But a lot of the time I just felt like something was missing. Well, like the fight at the end, I'm just like, we had a hundred Green Lanterns not even be able to make a dent on this guy, and then Ryan Reynolds is by himself just able to do it. Like Come on. Yeah. I'm like, you're not, you've been doing this shit for like two days, man. I like, you know, him flying him into the sun like that. That was a good, um, you know, success. Like, cause he's not able to beat him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that. So I don't, I don't know where I was going with this, like pulling back the layers. Cause I don't think I can well, differentiate if this director did a good job with what he had or it's all kind of muddled in there. It's definitely muddled, you know, like it would be really interesting to see, like this is one of those movies. Like I feel like every comic book movie in the, anytime in the 2000s, this started being developed, like, you know, in 1997 and was just passed around to a billion people. That was happening so much. And, that's what, it, you know, you start to get, like, someone signs on to write it, and then they do a bit, and then they leave, and someone, like, takes that script, and they, like, do their own little things to it. And this movie ended up having four credited writers on it, two of which are, like, known for the CW DC shows. One of them co-wrote Logan and some other good stuff. So, like, you don't, it's it's hard to say. Like I mean, it follows, like, the most basic formula of a comic book movie yeah. comic story. Like we have the main guy, love interest, blah, 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 origin. We have the superhero villain in Parallaxis or whatever. And then we have his like hometown adversary. That's Hector. like more of a distraction. And like, I just didn't care about Hector that was the most boring part of this film to me. Like, we never even met him before he immediately was infected yeah. by the alien. Uh, he felt like um, the, the tertiary villain from The Incredible Hulk, the leader. Remember him? He also gets, like, a big head at the yeah. end because he gets the Hulk blood dripped in him. The difference was in The Incredible Hulk, he was, like, there helping out. Right. And then they set him up at the end. And now, of course, it's been how long until we're going to see him again? About 16 years between appearances because he's coming back for the next Captain America movie. 
But this was like, we want to have it both ways. We want to introduce this like secondary antagonist and also fulfill his entire character arc while Hal is like going on his origin right. story journey. And there just was not time for it. And by the time he's already a bad guy, we're like, oh, by the way, he's like childhood best friends with Hal and Carol and they have history together. Like that just all didn't work. Like it's basically the same structure of a movie we just covered, Ant-Man and the Wasp, where we have like ghosts being like the local adversary, and then we have um what's the other <laughs> Well for, for Ant-Man? Yeah. That's Ant-Man 2 is interesting because like Ghost is kind of like or the main it's ghost in Sunny Birch. But the you know, because the the main plot drive is not an antagonist, it's getting right. Janet out yeah. of the quantum realm. So that's that's a hard comparison I guess, to yeah, make. Yeah, never mind. I was just gonna say, like, I feel like they balanced that. We were talking about that in that episode, how they balanced it really well with like these are like the distractions, but like they're good distractions, and we get like a good um, backstory. Like, well, and that, that's that's a well written movie. Like yeah. Every we you, you said it in that episode. Like everyone had their own motivations, which were very clear. Like, and what is Hector's motivation? I don't know. We don't know. And and part of it is like he doesn't have them because he's infected by fear. But like before that, what what does how does Hector feel about people? He's just like sad and playing online chess. But like come but, on. But like is that true? Is he actually sad? Because they don't actually they just assume that because he's like lame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm just going through the production tab on Wikipedia. It was just really lazy here. storytelling with Hector. It, yeah. It made us do all the work of being like, oh, okay, fine. We get who this character is. And like, that's boring. Make it more interesting. It's really, really not good. The top choices for the starring role, by the way, besides Ryan Reynolds, were Bradley Cooper, Justin Timberlake, and Jared Leto. Wow. And uh, I gotta sit completely with that. separate from all of that, I kept seeing people saying that, you know, not... Not in a 2011 release, but if they had done a Green Lantern movie earlier, that Tom Cruise would have been their pick for Hal Jordan. Like, so that that's, makes sense. that's what was giving me the impression, like a Tom Cruise type, not a Ryan Reynolds type. Maybe at the end we'll recast this movie. Ooh, that could be fun. Okay. One of the other CGI issues I had at the very beginning with um, Abin Sir, he gets hit in the stomach. And then when we see him, he has a shoulder chest wound bad they moved it they moved where he got hit and like i a lot of the times like you had a good eye because i don't notice a lot of that stuff i normally don't and there's actually that reminds me like in a couple weeks we're going to be talking about captain marvel and i need to see if i can notice this during the movie there's a shot where there's like a character on the cockpit of like a one of the uh, Kree, like, spaceships. Uh, I forget who it is. And they're, like, punching the cockpit, and then it, like, cuts and cuts back, and apparently, like, the design, like, the CGI is completely different. It was, like, it goes from, like, a curved windshield bubble thing to, like, a flat, like, diagonal. And I'm like, how the hell does that happen? I mean, it's not surprising. You're The number of people that are working on the CGI for these movies, something's bound to fall between the cracks, but... Generally, I'm not. Someone's <laughs> job is to check. Yeah, I'm not eagle-eyed enough for it, but yeah, someone is getting paid for it. 
we get a baby Taika. What a, what even was this part for him? Like, well, he wasn't Taika Waititi. Yet. I know, but it's so funny. Like, this is it's just so unexpected. Just let him be also from New Zealand. Why does he have to do an American accent? Because so he's also not very good at it. No, it's not. That's not where he shines. I just think that's so funny. Like, he would have been a better like person to go evil because we are with him the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want that. Yeah, I don't know if he if he could have sold that, but I mean, I think he definitely could have, but also like he he probably has his own relationship with like Carol, like like if you're going to do Hector, have Hector again. I I know I just said this. Have him interact with these characters before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's they didn't do like any of the setup stuff and like you said, like we had to do all the work and that's cheap. I also didn't notice I didn't know this until now, but um uh Evan Sir was played by Tamara Morrison, who plays Boba Fett. Oh, Another, interesting. So we had two New Zealanders in here. Oh, is he from New Zealand? Yeah. Have fun. This uh man, the production of this just seemed a little a little messy. Um, we get the, the Top Gun scene where Hal uses Carol as a decoy and then doesn't even benefit from it. Like, if you're going to do that, then you should at least get one of the planes. It accomplished or nothing. Or jets or whatever. It accomplished nothing. He and just, I feel he like just no killed one, Blake Lively. No one talked about that. Mm-mm. Like, that's what her line should have been. Like, if you were going to use me as a decoy, you could have at least, like taking care of them. They should have done that. Because we only got like a Taika line being like, did you just do that? And then we just move on. Yeah. Um, and apparently at that, so we, we do the dog fight and it's like with these drones, which this never, that doesn't come back. No. Like that would have I been have a note about some it. Some setup, right? In my rewrite. Um, the, the bit where all the planes stall out and he's like, tumbling back down he's to like the having he's PTSD. Back. uh the director did not want that <laughs> he did not want those flashbacks to be there but the uh, producers at the studio demanded that it be included so thoughts on that um i mean i was fine with the flashbacks and like him having his own like struggles but like those specific things didn't come back when he was like struggling with how to deal with being a Green Lantern. Like, it was kind of like, you know, obviously fear in general, but, like, he wasn't fearful in the jet. Like, he was just having a traumatic experience. Like, it wasn't fear. fear. It wasn't that he was scared. No, he was just like, oh, shit, like, this is kind of like what happened to my dad. Yeah. You know what? (laughs) If, If... I had an opportunity to, like, shuffle some... Well, obviously, just, like, overhaul the entire movie to, like, start from scratch. But if we were keeping these plot elements, I would have the scene with his dad be, like, a cold open to the movie. Yeah. And I would have... I would have uh, a young Ryan Reynolds. I would have a young... Carol. Young Hector. Hector, And young Taika Waititi. Just throw him in there. And they're all there. No no Taika? No Taika. Get Taika out of there. But the, the young <laughs> other ones, and they're all there with him. Yeah. And then give... And his, like, brothers or whatever? Yeah. Like, give that a moment. Because it's, like, very... Like, I get what they were trying to do, but it was, like, very choppy. And I just feel like that, you know, the emotional impact is 
I don't know. They they could have like if they wanted that plot point in there so bad, it definitely could have been slotted in better. And I think it would have made a good cold open. Yeah. Because then it, it's Agreed. if they just like they they try to lean into like the will versus fear thing, but like right. give us like some examples or like some like backstory that ties into it or something. I don't know. Not like, just him being like, it's my job not to be scared, kid. Or like him be like, that was the last time I was scared and I never was going to let myself feel like that again. You know, something to like tie that moment into the rest of it. Yeah, I agree. It's <sighs> weird her name is Carol, right? I know. I was like, her name's Carol? And, and she's, she's a fighter flying. pilot. Yeah, I actually meant to look it up to see like that's you know, classic Marvel DC. and DC. Exactly, they always have their back and forth. So I do wonder what the what the deal is there, especially when it comes to to Captain Marvel, Carol Ferris. She's one of the many characters. And it's like Carol Danvers. Like it's so similar. I know. Oh, this is so interesting. She's a superhero too. I wonder if she was gonna be that. Uh, going forward if they had gotten any sequels which of course they did not i think so this is just yeah i I, i'm trying to just find out if there's any uh actual reason for their names but i don't know it's fine um all of the council stuff the green lantern council stuff feels very like superman to me especially when sinistra is like standing in the middle, like ask, like being like, they're like killing us. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they're not even listening to it. It also feels very Star Wars to me. There's no like council. There's like, like the Jedi Council. And like, it's not, not, it's nec- like not just like in the movies, but like, well, oh, the no, Jedi Council. No, yeah. Like the more like ethereal, like old school Star Wars, like before all that was like, it, and it's like the way that they're all talking about stuff. The, the Jedi Council would tell them to be like, well, like yeah, it's, right, it's, yeah, it's for the best that we like don't do that, and, and someone's we can't like, oh, tell you it. the things that we know, yeah. And then that's how you get Anakin Skywalker's or Sinestro's. It's always some shit like that. Also, Sinestra, like that's just a name that you know this dude's gonna co- become evil. It's pretty pretty on the nose, isn't it? But uh, that's our uh, another Mark Strong appearance for the pod. So many Mark Strong man's and everything. What is this number? Is this Three. only the third? Yeah. Three or yeah. four. Shazam, Kick-Ass, and then this. Yeah. He's everywhere. He's great. You can barely tell this is him. but I didn't know it was him, great. actually. It doesn't even sound like him. He doesn't him. even have a scar on his face. What's the point? Also, it's so odd that Amanda Waller is in this. That's my next note, too. Yeah. World's Played colliding. Angela Bassett. Like... I mean, that's not weird. No, it's not. It's just... The only thing I could think about when I saw that was, like... Okay, so they're doing all this right now, and then Man of Steel comes out two years later, and that, like, starts off this whole other thing where they, like, immediately have another version of Amanda Waller, like, ready to go. I mean, I know by the time that she shows up, it's, like, well, she's not in it until Suicide Squad, right? She's not even in Batman v Superman. So it's been a while, but I can, I've talked too much on the podcast about, like, DC disarray, but, like, it's it's weird that they were like they didn't know what they were doing. I mean, back then they they weren't making a world, yeah, especially with like Green Lantern, For like sure. it wasn't meant to connect. I don't think. No, you're right. And it didn't, they didn't need to. 
So that's fine. Pretty wild, though, that we get, like, a background on her, like, when Hector touches her. The and memories sees, and stuff. Yeah. So what happened in that? I didn't take her a Her whole family it. got, like, shot and killed. Yeah. Pretty wild. Yeah. Pretty wild. I mean, for and for what? I mean, like, that I mean, that we didn't get all of that, but just, like, I mean, knowing the Amanda Waller we get in Suicide Squad, like, she's... A horrible person, so it makes sense that she has this, like, really horrible background to, like, make her the way she is. Yeah. And clearly, like, the Amanda Waller we have now doesn't have that backstory, but you do wonder, like, if something similar happened. I don't know where this was exactly, but there's, like, a shot of, I think it's when uh, Hal Jordan is, like, going to Oa for the first time. And if I remember correctly, in one of the... Arrowverse, the CW-verse crossover episodes, they used that shot. They're, like, doing, like, a montage where they're talking about, like, all the different, like, Earths and and their superheroes, and they, like, show that. They don't show Ryan Reynolds. They show the planet. And I remember people being like, oh, my God, this is the the first official acknowledgement of it until uh, Deadpool 2. (laughs) But I just thought that was cool. I... Yeah, that's. I think I've even mentioned that before because they've probably done it with other stuff that we've talked about, like with Constantine and all. But I think that's a really cool and like, you know, admittedly like low effort way to like wrap up these different movies into like one universe. Be like, oh yeah, that's Earth seven hundred forty over there with Ryan Reynolds. We don't talk about it. <laughs> and then we get a cool training montage. Of course, <laughs> with gotta the, have a training montage. The guy that. Uh, uh, I think it's, um, oh shit, I forget the name of the person that's training him, uh, is voice. He looks like, um, the guy, the bad guy that hangs out with Thanos. Oh yeah. The big, big guy that doesn't talk. No, the other, the creepy, like long fingered guy. Oh, um, Ebony Ma. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I was just trying to remember who who played this other dude. Oh, yeah, it was Michael Clark Duncan, who he died the year after this came out, this guy. Oh, wait, I didn't know he died. Yeah, he died in 2012. Okay. I get him mixed up with Ving Rhames sometimes, who is still alive. So, Uh, yeah, training montage is fun. Uh, we get introduced to, like, some of the different lantern powers because that's a real versatile ring. I was wondering if there were other, like, guardians with different, like, other than Will. But then I guess they kind of say later that they, it's only Will. Yeah. That's and that they, they toyed all. with fear. But, um. I, I do think yeah. there are other lanterns because obviously there's the green lanterns. There's the yellow lanterns. Yeah, there's a, there's a blue lantern core. Um, What's their power? Hope. Aw, I want to be with them. They seem pretty cool. Of course, Green Lantern was on the team, and so was the Flash. Yeah, because they're boyfriends. I love looking at superhero, like, team lineups, and it's just like, yeah, everybody's been in, like, the Fantastic Four. So many people have been part of the Fantastic Four. (laughs) But I'm just saying, we keep seeing Flash and Green Lantern team up together. There's something going on there. I agree. Something's afoot. There's also Red Lanterns. Are they bad? Rage. Oh, no. Not good. 
I'm with Blue Lanterns. I do. I like the Blue Lanterns. Now I'm really. I have to look. Like, how many how many different Lantern cores do we have? Because there's got to be more than that. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Indigo Tribe, Sinestro Core. Indigo Tribe. What is this? Emotional compassion. Oh. Wow. Okay. They they pick sociopaths <laughs> to rehabilitate. To them. rehabilitate. Now that's a TV show or a movie right there. <laughs> that could be some Umbrella Academy shit. I just feel like the inter- going back to my idea about doing the TV show. It's like it could be basically a procedural every week, mm-hmm. doing a different like mission or whatever with the different cores, kind of like a Star Trek. Yeah, I I do think like it could really shine if they. We're willing to give it time to like grow and yeah. introduce like an ensemble cast. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I hope that's what they do because it's a lot to process in a two hour long movie. Yeah. And they barely touched, they grazed yeah. what the whole lantern thing is. Which I kind of forgot that he is like literally a lantern. Like it's not just <laughs> like for this movie I'm I'm filling in kind of yeah. or like I got roped into this like a lot of superhero movies or it's like no this is my life now I am one of these like people yeah it pieces out like you I forgot that that it's not just like this movie yeah no it's it's the real <laughs> or like deal whenever now. I decide to put on like the suit right. you know also like I had a note mere seconds before the movie made fun of it but I was like I can't take the mask disguise seriously I was like, this is some Clark Kent level bullshittery. And then, of course, Blake Lively is immediately like, like, how? Like, of course I know it's you. Like, I've, <laughs> I've known you for too long. Because I, I thought it was funny when she's like, you thought I couldn't recognize you because I couldn't see your cheekbones? I yeah, I did they, like that line. Why do they make his eyes look all funky when he wears the mask? It's yeah, they're, first of all, they're blue. Why wouldn't you make them green? I guess it would blend in with the mask. It's dumb. <laughs> they just shouldn't have CGI'd the eyes at all. I'm really getting to the end of my notes here. <laughs> uh, once you were saying about the power earlier and how like basically you can create anything. I'm like, is it too expensive, this power? <laughs> I mean, um, I guess it has a natural like kryptonite with fear. Yeah. So that's good. But, but it is ultra strong. I mean, like you can make anything. Yeah, it's. It's pretty beefy as far as superhero powers go. Also, that necklace he made, like, did it disappear eventually? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the rules of this shit. I just, I also think that we're so used to superheroes, like, I mean, a lot of the times in the Marvel Studios universe and also in DC movies, getting, like, their powers downgraded a little bit for practical purposes. Yeah. We're not used to seeing, like, this is some comic book level shit. Like, yeah, yeah. they can like literally make whatever they want as much as they want. And I'm sure that there are some issues where they're like, oh, like, you can't do it right now for plot reasons. But, like, no, they're just, like, that strong. They're, that, they're operating on a high level. I have a question. I don't feel like they asked this in the movie. Do you think the ring chose him for a reason? <laughs> hmm. Well, do you feel like they got to the core, the core of that in this? I can only think of like 25 times that that line was, was read. The ring chose you for a reason. (laughs) 
Please stop. Stop talking about the fucking ring. We know. I got we it. We saw with, the choice. I got it as soon as Sir gave him it. I didn't need it reiterated that many times, man. The movie's not that long. I didn't forget. <laughs> they did not trust the audience at all. Yeah, except for they made us do so much work during this movie. But at the same time, I like, I'm like, yeah, the ring chose you for a reason. I'm like, I also don't believe that. I think the ring made a mistake. I think the ring was like, we got to find someone quick and nearby because (laughs) he landed like five miles away. (laughs) Like, I do think it was just, well, this was the best choice we had. Officers, like, find me a suitable candidate on the coast of California. Um, I only have five minutes to live. A couple of things that they just breezed right by. A lot of fatalities. Like so, so many, many people, people died. got murdered. They got fear sucked. Um, the bigger you are, the faster you burn. Nope. As not, they say. No one's ever said that. I was like, I don't, I feel like that's, that's factually Was that incorrect. a line at the beginning? Like when they were doing Top Gun? Because I don't remember it. Let me uh let me do a little <laughs> look see here. But uh my gut was this is not <laughs> this is not accurate at all. And then like when he's like in front of the sun, that's when I was just like, this outfit is just so ridiculous. No wonder they didn't have enough money for the rest of the special effects. Uh yeah. Like that's when it really came to light, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I and I know that like even really practical suits in virtually every superhero property gets CGI'd. Like, for Captain America, they have the whole suit, and then they do, like, little touches. Same with Spider-Man. But, like... Fantastic Four had good suits that also probably, obviously, had CGI, but they, like, they were wearing them as suits when they weren't in the middle of fighting. Yeah, this one just didn't even feel like it had, like, a a practical basis. It just... was Well, because it was, like, glowy. Yeah. No bueno. What a bad boy. Classic Mark Strong. These are just my last few notes. What was... Oh, that was when he was putting on the ring. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, come on, man. Like, did you not... You didn't... You weren't paying attention to any of this? Also, I thought he was like, cool. Like, we cool, bro, at the end. Yeah, honestly, it was a weird choice because, like, I remembered that much. Obviously, his name's Sinestro. Like he said, he's going to be a villain. But they didn't put him on that path at the end. And they, they gave him the conflict with the council. And then it felt like it was resolved. I was like, why did we do that? Like, just have him, like, be, like, all pissy and storm off. But plus he saved him at the end. I feel like Make they should have shown him be, like, he got, like, he didn't quite touch it, but he, like, got enough that it, like, made him want to go back yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, but it didn't bother me that much. Um, and then, okay, so I've got my overall notes now at the end here. Um, did you have more notes about the movie itself? Um, yeah, what do I have? I, yeah, I just, I already said it before at the beginning. I thought that as a consequence of everything, not just like bits and pieces, but the first half of the movie is pretty good. Um, it like is telling like a solid story. The setup is there. And then I can't tell you like at, a, at the exact point which it happens, but it like loses its footing and it just doesn't get it back. It's after he goes, when Ryan to, Reynolds goes up there and he's like, we got to save Earth. Like, I'm back, bitches. And then they're like, no, we're not helping you. He's like, fine. I don't need you. I'm just coming up here to tell you that I'm doing it by myself. After that, that's how he sounds. And then after that, it's like, okay, we don't give a fuck. No, we don't give a fuck. 
We do not care. Um, the story has fallen apart. The This was my kind of similar to what you said. Like, I think the ingredients were all there for this to be a good movie. Mm-hmm. But we've already talked a lot about, like, the Hector stuff. I think that was, like, one of the biggest low points. No Lady Lanterns. Nope. Big, big downside. And then, so, yes, Blake Lively. Let me get back to my, my rewrite. So she's, she's blonde in the rewrite. Yes, she should be blonde. <laughs> um, at the beginning, they set her up as a pilot. And then they're like, oh, now you're a business lady. And she's like, I can fly and be a business lady. Like, what's going to stop me from getting back in the cockpit? What should have happened at the end is her flying to help him. Like, instead of just being a damsel in distress, like, at the end when he's, like, doing his thing, she should have, like, flown to, like, help do something where she's like, see, I'm not just a business lady anymore. I can get back in the cockpit and do that. I, I hope everyone's enjoying these impressions of them. <laughs> like, it's a very simple rewrite, but, like, also that would have made a way more interesting fight at yes. the end is having, bring back the flying that you set up at the beginning with Top Gun. Like, have that be at the end. They were definitely like, all right, guys, you can have the CGI money for a big old parallax, or you can have a fighter jet. Pick one. But they already had the fighter jet. I mean, yeah, it was it really did a disservice to to Blake Lively in this movie. She like got like a really like <laughs> bad they, bargain. It was like they had set it up though, because they had this whole thing about her being a really good pilot and her like being like, I don't I wanna still be able to do both. And then they just never let her be a pilot again. No. <sighs> this movie hates women. It really does. Kind of does. They're like, well. You're you're done. You do, you don't get to do any action. Also, scenes. I think a way better instead of having Hector have another person have another like Blake Lively adversary like yeah, give her a, another give her female an pilot or something that's like fuck this bitch. She gets everything. She's be a business lady and a pilot. I don't think so. That would have been way better because like we didn't need another antagonist for Hal. Right. So. Easy rewrites. Easy. No one ever looked at this movie and they were like, huh, guys, this is really not You know what we need another? A boy. We need another boy in this movie. Another lad. Yeah, you know, it's just, there's like so much like after the fact that just tells you that everybody knew this was a bad idea. Um, You know, Ryan Reynolds was like, this was a really frustrating experience. Um, There wasn't like a visionary behind the movie. It was just the studio being like, we want to make a Green Lantern movie, so make a Green Lantern movie. It felt like a studio like archetype. Yeah. These are the things we know works. A lot of men. Yeah. One lady who we dyed her hair to look horrible. (laughs) Really basic origin story, like go. And Martin Campbell was like, I probably shouldn't have directed this. He took responsibility for it not working out. And the Wikipedia page is like, compared to how he saw all the James Bond films before he directed Casino Royale, which I guess, I thought he also directed GoldenEye. Uh, he was like, superhero superhero movies were never my cup of tea. So like, he clearly, he wasn't interested he wasn't in, in the it. genre or the character. I guess he was just free. You know who I don't like, but I think would have done well with this movie? Who's that? Joss. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you're right. I do think you're right. 
I think he would have been a really good fit for this movie. Yeah. Especially since they were doing like a more funny Hal. Yeah. I agree. Well, we'll never know. Well, I'm waiting for the TV show. In a, in April of 2011, which is a couple months before it came out, um, Warner Brothers raised the effects budget by $9 million. That's not that much, though, for effects. But like, two months before, they were like, oh, shit. So imagine how it looked if they hadn't done that. Yeah, but I, they should have gone more. Should we, have, uh, <laughs> should we watch the extended cut? I did not know there was an added, cut. It added nine minutes of footage. Is that where the nine million went? Probably. One minute. <laughs> a million a minute. The first trailer for this was shown before screenings of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. Wow. What a time. The, the first trailer <laughs> resulted in the entire marketing came, campaign being delayed because it was bad. Yikes. I don't remember that, but obviously I saw that movie in I kinda wanna the watch midnight it now. theaters. All right. Well, I, what is our... We have to recast. Oh, geez. All right. Well, let's. I don't, um, I'm not on board with any of the studio picks for Hal Jordan. All right. So, who are you recasting? All right. Well, starting with Hal, um, which I know a lot of people would prefer other Green Lanterns, but I don't know shit about the other Green Lanterns, so I just stay with Hal Jordan. Uh, I picked Chris Pine for this oh, one. Love Chris Pine. Kind of a safe pick, but... You know, going off of Star Trek, um, I think he would have done, like, a really good job with, like, a more straight-laced style yeah. uh, fighter pilot dude who, like, gets, like, wrapped up in all this stuff. I think he could have been a good pick. How about you? So I have I have two sets of casts. Oh, okay. <laughs> Overachiever. I have more of the younger generation uh-huh. and more traditional okay. the younger generation. And then I have an older one that's more fun. Okay. So for the younger, more traditional, I have Nicholas Holt. Okay, I could see that. Also kind of doing more of a straight-laced yeah. version. Who we just watched in the menu. Yeah, and but, obviously he's beast, but... Yeah, but still. And then for my more fun one, Channing Tatum. Okay, yeah, Channing Tatum would be really good in this. Yeah. If he ever if he ever gets a chance to do a, a superhero movie again. Yeah. Not again, because <laughs> he didn't get to do his X-Men one. So sad. Um. Okay, for, for Carol. For Carol, yeah. Um, for my young one, I have uh, Ana de Armas. Oh, yeah. That would be good, too. I mean, she's hot right now. Yes. And who's the older one? Um, Elizabeth Moss. Oh. Oh, yeah, I could see that. I picked Emily Blunt. Interesting. So I have Emily Blunt in my older one as Hector. Oh, and change she's, it up. for my plot of like, she's jealous of this new person coming in. Interesting. Um, that would work really well. I didn't gender versus bend Elizabeth Moss. That would um, be really good. I just think they would be really funny off of each other. Yeah. I picked Emily Blunt. Um, again, like I picked Chris Pine for his experience. Emily Blunt in um, Edge of Tomorrow makes me yeah. think that she would be a, a great fit for this. She would be so good. Yeah. For my uh, Hector, I picked Paul Dano. Um, because I almost picked Paul Dana. Like, you know, he's, he's really known for like being like the weirdo, like shut in type, but I also think he can like be likable. Yeah. Obviously it's Paul Dano. People are going to know what's going to happen if Paul Dano is playing a part, but I just think he could like sell that really convincingly, especially if like 
the script was rewritten to give him more of a character beforehand. Yeah. Almost identically for my young cast, so with Nicholas Holt and Anders Armas, I have Evan Peters for like the same exact reason. I thought about Evan Peters actually, yeah, but I, I just I decided to go with old Paul instead. Um, I have Taika as Taika and all. Yeah, of Taika them. did not change; <laughs> he's perfect. <laughs> and uh, for Sinestro, I did Alexander Skarsgård. Classic, yeah, classic bad boy, yeah. Well, I wanted someone that's charming so that you like them and then they go bad. So for my young cast, I have an an older guy, as in Tom Hardy. He's ancient. But yeah, that, that would work really well. Um, Same deal. Uh, he could even be like a mentor to Nicholas Holt and mm-hmm. then turn on him. Um, and then for my fun cast with Channing, Elizabeth Moss, Emily Blunt, I have a female Sinestra with Vanessa Kirby. Oh, oh, that's a really good pick. I what thought a, so. That's kind of a deep cut. It is a deep cut. She plays, if you guys don't know Vanessa Kirby, I first was introduced to her in The Crown as uh, the sister in yeah, the why? first couple of seasons. <laughs> I'm forgetting her name. Margaret. Yeah, and she's fantastic in that. And like, if they wanted Sinestro, if we were doing a sequel with that cast... Uh, Vanessa Kirby can also do like the unhinged pretty right. well. That's what I mean. Because that's what she spends a lot of her time yeah. doing in the Crown. She could have also been Hector. Yeah, she's also great in um, Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah. And she was in Hobbs and Shaw, but she's better in Mission Impossible. I really like her. Yeah, she's great. So that's our recast. I think both both of those, all three of the casts that we have come up with, blow this one out of the water. I mean, in that alternate universe, then Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively never meet each other. So, you know, you got to. They didn't actually start dating, though. But, until they, but they, they met on that, right? We're on a train together, allegedly. And they met like they were both married to other people at yeah. that time, right? Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, Ryan and Blake can take the L in the name of a better Green Lantern movie. They'll be fine. All right. Well, thanks for playing along with us. Feel free to give us your own uh, recast. Yeah, hit us up. I hope we didn't offend the uh, Green Lantern fans out there by just shitting on this one for. But they don't like it anyway. Fifty-four minutes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Does anyone like also, this movie? We, we no, said some things we liked. You know, it's constructive criticism. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, yeah. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll be back soon with a bunch of other stuff. Until next time, we are. Out of the Superverse.